You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to another episode of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. And guess what? If you're in Christ, we win. Come on, say that. In Christ, we we win. Please tag a friend, let them know that we're alive today. And I believe that this is going to be a blessing to you. You can get the audio on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. And listen, at the end of this session, I have my uh, uh, iPad here to take any questions. You can send questions. You can send comments at the end of this session. Then I look at your questions. I, I try to answer some of your uh, comments or read out your comments. And I want you to be engaged. I believe that it's going to change your uh, life. Now, we're talking from the subject, no pressure, you can handle it. No pressure, you can handle it. Now, I want you to make that statement after me and make it personal. No pressure, I can handle it. Come on, say that again. No pressure, I can handle it. Now, this is our third lesson of a six lesson series. Our theme is overcoming the pressures of life. Overcoming the pressures of life. I have three goals in this series. Number one, our goal is to control stress. The stress that's continually coming toward us and uh, uh, coming on us, we have to control the stress. And then secondly, uh, our goal is to accept the peace, accept peace. Jesus is offering to humanity and offering to the body of Christ. He's offering to us peace, accept the peace. And then thirdly, we want to choose rest choose rest. Now, these three goals serve as the outline of this series. Now, this is our third lesson. Lesson one, lesson two, we talked about stress and overcoming, controlling stress. You can go back and listen to that uh, and it'll be a blessing for you. But today we're going to talk about the second goal, and that is accepting peace. For the next two lessons, we're going to talk about peace. Specifically, we're going to talk about the anxiety-free life. We talked about the pressure-free life, but these two lessons, we're going to talk about the anxiety-free life. This is our first part. Now, this lesson, I normally prepare my lessons ahead of time. Then I go back and kind of refresh myself, look over it. So last night, I looked over the lesson that I had already prepared. But this time, when I looked at the lesson, it challenged me. It challenged me. God challenged me. I remember when God challenged me to become a giver. Now, I was a tither. I had been tithing for years, committed tither. But the Spirit of God challenged me to become a giver. It changed my life. It changed my church. Once I got the revelation of giving, well, I felt the same Challenge when I went back last night and looked at this lesson, then died to free life. And this lesson literally challenged me. I sensed God calling me to another level, to a different level. And I trust that God is will call you and challenge you to go to another level. The anxiety free life. Now, there are two uh, texts that I want to, Bible texts that I want to share with you as a part of our introduction. And, and then we'll get to our first question. Philippians chapter four, 
verses six through seven. I'm going to give you quite a bit of scripture today because I want you to go back and I want you to look up the scriptures, meditate on the word and get the word down on you. Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven in the New Living Translation. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Now, that's a powerful scripture. It says, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. So we see from this text that the anxiety-free life is possible. God says, don't worry about anything. That means anything small, anything big. If we're not worrying about anything, then we're living an anxiety-free life. Now, God will not tell us or instruct us or command us to do anything that was not possible through his power. Now, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, talking about the anxiety-free life, it says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. The, that's the New Living Translation. The, the traditional King James says, casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Now, think about it. God says, give all your worries and cares to God. Give all your worries and cares to God, casting all your cares on him. So if we're giving all our worries and all our cares to God, then we don't have them. I'll say that again. If we give God all our worries And that's what he instructs us to do. If we give God all our worries and all our cares to God, to him, then we don't have them. And if we don't have them, we're living an anxiety-free life. So I want to challenge you with this statement, and then I'm going to ask you the first big question Worry is both a sin and evidence of pride. Now, that's that's a statement that we have to think about and pause for a moment. Because none of us Christians want to, to walk in sin, commit sin. We want to live a life upright before God. But how many Christians really see worry as a sin? Worry as a sin. Uh, Worry is a sin. If God tells us don't worry about anything, if God says give all your cares and all your worries to him and we choose to worry, not only are we sinning against God's instructions, but we're also operating in pride. Because God says, give the cares, give the worries to me. When we worry, we're saying we can handle it. I'll handle it. That's pride. So worry is both a sin. You can confess right now. You you can take a moment and confess right now. Worry is both a sin and evidence of pride. Self-exaltation. Now, here's the first big question. What does God peace? What does God peace look like? 
And in this lesson, what we're really doing in this lesson is we want to give you a vision. The Bible says where there's no vision, the people perish. What things over you desire when you pray, believe. You have to see something strive for something like God wanted me to see the giving life. I had to see it first before I could achieve it. Well, let, we want to find out what does this anxiety-free life look like, this worry-free look like? What does God's peace look like? Well, John 14, 27 in the King James Version, and then I'll I'll quote it again in the contemporary English version. But in the traditional King James Version, John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world give, give out of you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now listen to Jesus. Peace I leave with you. He said, I'm, I'm leaving my peace with you. My peace, my peace, qualifier, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. So there's the world's peace and there's God's peace. And then he says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The contemporary English version of John 14, 27 says, I give you peace, the kind of peace that only I can give. I give you peace, the kind of peace that only I can give. It isn't like the peace that this world can give. So right away, we see that God's peace is different than the world's peace. God's peace is different than the world's peace. So, so how will we know we have God's peace and not just the world's peace? Now I'm asking you that question. If God's peace, Jesus' peace, is different than the world's peace, then how will we, you and I, know when we have God's peace rather than just the world's peace? How will we know it? What does it look like? Think about it. How will you know it? How will you know it's the world's peace I'm walking in now? How will you know it's God's peace that I'm walking in now? I'm going to give you an answer, and then I'm going to prove it from the Scripture. You'll know that it's God's peace. You will know, I will know, that it's God's peace when your peace exceeds anything that is normal, usual, typical, or expected. I'm going to say that again because that is really powerful, and you're going to see it played out in the scriptures. You will know that the peace you have is God's peace when that peace exceeds anything that is normal usual, typical, or expected. When it exceeds the normal, when it exceeds the usual, when it exceeds the typical, when it exceeds the expected, then it is God's peace. I want to ask you a question that you may not be able to answer yet, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you walk, are you walking in the world's peace right now or God's peace? 
Are you walking in the world's peace, talking about right now, or God's peace? Customarily, do you walk in God's peace? Do you walk in the world's peace? Just a question for you to think about. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of examples of God's peace at work because we need to be able to recognize it. I want to give you two examples of God's peace at work. In Mark chapter 4, verse 37 through 38, Mark 4, 37 through 38, in the Message Bible, it says, a huge, a huge storm came up, waves poured into the boat, threatening to sink it. And Jesus was in the stern, the lower part of the ship, head on a pillar sleeping. I'll give you the scenario again. Jesus and his disciples are crossing the lake. A huge storm came up. Waves poured into the boat, threatening to sink it. And Jesus was in the stern, the lower part of the boat, head on a pillar, sleeping. This is an example of God's peace at work. Now, put yourself in Jesus' place. Put yourself in the disciples' place. You're in this boat crossing the lake. A huge storm comes up and the waves are pouring into the boat and threatening to sink it. The boat is rocking and shaking and you see the water filling up the boat. What is typical? What is normal? What is usual? What is expected in this situation? How would you respond in this situation? The Bible says Jesus was in the stern, head on the pillar, and fast asleep. But the question is, what's normal? What is the normal response? What is usual? What is expected? What is typical in this situation? Okay, let's look at another example of God's peace at work. This time, let's look at Peter. In Acts chapter 12, verse 1 through 6 in the Message Bible. Acts 12, 1 through 6 in the Message Bible. It says, King Herod murdered James John's brother. You remember Jesus had 12 disciples and two of those, well, actually, uh, four of those were brothers. Peter and Andrew were brothers, but James and John were brothers. But the scripture says, King Herod murdered James, the brother of John. When he, King Herod, saw how much it raised his popularity, his popularity rating with the Jews, he arrested Peter, putting four squads of four soldiers each to guard him. He was planning a public lynching after the Passover. Then the time came for Herod to bring him, Peter, out for the kill. That night, the night before he was going to bring Peter out, and execute him the way he executed James, the Bible says, even though Peter was shackled to two soldiers, one on either side, Peter slept like a baby. Peter slept like a baby. Can you imagine this? Put yourself in Peter's place. Think about it. Herod killed James. You know he killed James, the brother's John. Herod arrested you, and he arrested you because he saw his popularity rating 
rise with the Jews. So he's planning after Passover to execute you. And the night before the execution, you handcuffed between two soldiers. There were four squads of soldiers who watched him for watches, 16 soldiers. Every watch, four soldiers would watch him. Herod didn't want him to slip away. So notice there are two soldiers outside of the cell, jail cell, and there are two soldiers inside. He's handcuffed to one soldier on one side, handcuffed to another soldier on the other side, and this is the night before his execution, and the Bible says, the message Bible says, that Peter was sleeping like a baby. Now, what the question is, what's normal in this situation? What is the normal reaction? What is typical in this situation? What is usual? What is expected? Think about it. I think the average Christian would have not slept the whole night. The average Christian would have been praying all night, begging all night, talking in tongues all night, rebuking the devil all night, crying all night, upset all night, worried all night. And the Bible says that Peter slept like a baby. So where, where did he learn this from? Well, remember, he was in that boat going across the lake and the water was pouring in the boat and it, the boat was about to sink and Jesus was in the stern sleeping. So he learned something about the peace of God from Jesus this is not a typical response when you know the next day you're going to be executed. This is not the typical response. But we're talking about what does God's peace look like? You know, we got Christians, but are they walking in God's peace? Now, here's a challenging statement. And this statement challenged me. I pray that it challenged you. It is possible to have peace all the time, no matter what's happening in your life. It is possible to have peace all the time, no matter what's happening in your life. You know, a lot of times we really make excuses for ourselves. We make an excuses and we give ourselves the right to worry, to, the right to have anxiety, the right to be all frustrated about everything. But according to the Bible, it is possible to have peace all of the time, no matter what is happening in your life, whether we're in a pandemic or not, it's possible for us to have peace. Concerning the political environment, the division in the political arena, we can still have peace. The division in the church, we can still have peace. The vaccine, Johnson vaccine or the other vaccine? Should I get a vaccine? Should I not get a vaccine? I'm not getting that vaccine. I'm going to get the vaccine. It is possible no matter what is happening for us to have peace. Now, I'm going to prove that from one, one verse in the scripture, and I'm going to give it to you. It's 2 Thessalonians Chapter 3, verse 16, 2 Thessalonians, chapter 3, verse 16, and I'm going to give it to you in the New Living Translation, and I'm going to give it into the, the, the New American Standard Bible. Now, in the 
NLT, the New Living Translation, it says, may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace no matter what happens. Now listen at that. It is possible to have peace all the time, no matter what is happening in your life. And 2 Thessalonians, the third chapter, verse 3 through 16 in the New Living Translation says, may the Lord of peace himself, the Lord of peace himself, always, that's all the time, always give you his peace, that's not the world's peace, no matter what's happening, no matter what's happening. Now, the New American Standard Bible, the same verse says, now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. Now, notice the Bible says, no matter what's happening in your life, no matter what the circumstances, the Bible says that the Lord of peace will give you peace right in the middle of that situation. Now, I wanna, I wanna pause for just a moment because this, is, this challenged me. And I wanna ask you some questions before we go on. I wanna ask you some questions. And I want you to think with me. Any comment, you can send your comments in. Any questions, you can send your questions in uh, right now. Listen at this. It is possible to have peace all the time, no matter what is happening in your life. We have proved that from the scripture. I read the scripture to you in two different translations. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. Now, here's my questions to you. What does this revelation say to you personally about your circumstances? If it's possible to have peace all the time, all of the time, no matter what's happening, what does this revelation say to you personally about your circumstances? Think, pause for a minute. Think about the circumstances of your life. Do you have peace about it? Think about what's happening in your life. Do you have peace in the midst of these circumstances? Now, here's the second question. Do you think Christians are living below these promises and their inheritance in Christ? I want to ask you that question. Now we're talking about the body. We're talking about other Christians that you know. Do you think Christians are living far below these promises and their inheritance in Christ? We've read you the promises Jesus says, the peace that I'm leaving with you, that's our inheritance. Do you think Christians are living below these promises? Do you think Christians, the body of Christ, Christians in general, are living below their inheritance in Christ? Well, my thoughts, my thoughts are is my thought is that Christians are living below. And it's not a criticism. It's not a judgment. It's an observation. When I look at Christians, and it, it, it even challenged me, when I looked at, at Christians in general, I don't really see any difference in the lives of the average believer than I do in the lives of the unsaved because Christians seem to have peace in good times and seems to be distraught and depressed, full of anxiety, 
in difficult times. So when you look at the whole holistic view of the everyday lives of Christians, I don't see a difference. Do you? Do you? Do you see a difference in the average Christian? Do you see Christians living an anxiety-free life? I mean, in tough times. I'm not talking about when you got the promotion and thank God you got it because God wants you to get it. I'm not talking about when you got the house, you bleed for it and you got the house. Thank God you got it. God wants you to have it. I'm not talking about when everything is going right on your job and, and everybody's acting right. I'm not talking about those times. I'm talking about in tough times. I don't see any difference in the way Christians, and here again, if I sound critical, I don't mean to be. If I sound like it's a put down, I don't mean it to be. It's just that this challenged me. When I look in the scripture and Jesus says, I'm leaving my peace and the peace that I'm leaving and I'm giving is different than the peace that the world gives, then that tells me that we have resources and we have a gift given to us that the world doesn't have, which tells me that the way we react in difficult times it's not just willpower. It should be something supernatural on the inside of us. And the Bible called that something the peace of God. Now, I talked about in general, what about you? What about you? I want to ask you that same question. I want you to ask you the same question because I believe God is calling you to another level and it's important. And we're going to see how important it is for all of us to walk at this higher level. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you living below these promises? Are you living below these promises? Are you living below your inheritance in Christ? Now, that's a question not for me to answer. It is a question for you to answer. Are you living below these promises? Are you living below your inheritance in Christ? Now, I've been pastoring the church that I pastor. In fact, yesterday, April the 26th, was the 40th anniversary of Faith Chapel the 40th anniversary of the church that I pastor. And I've come to the conclusion that for the most part, Christians in general want to hear something deep. They want to hear something new. They, you know, I heard that before. But what I've come to, to conclude that Many Christians are not living out what they heard. Just this right here. Most Christians are not living an anxiety-free life. They worry just like everybody else. They're depressed just like everybody else. And in some cases, suicidal, just like everybody else. So let's, let's talk for a moment, shift gears. Let's talk about the protection of God's peace, the protection of God's peace. Philippians 4 in the King James Version says that God's peace will guard our heart and our minds. God's peace will guard our hearts and our minds. Now, let's talk about the protection of God's peace. External, internal protection. And you're going to see where I'm going in a moment. In Psalms 55, verse 18, I want you to make a note of that because I want to read that in, in two translations. This one verse, Psalms 55, verse 18, I want to read it in the NIV, and then I want to read it in the Message Bible. And this is David speaking. David says in the NIV, he ransoms me unharmed unharmed. God ransoms me unharmed 
from the battle waged against me, even though many oppose me. David says, now there are many people who are opposing me. A lot of opposition, battles waged against me. And if you know anything about David's life, he was always running from Saul. For years, he was running from Saul and from from enemies who were trying to take his life. He said, he, God, ransomed me unharmed from the battle, waged against me, even though many opposed me. This same verse Psalm 55, 18 in the Message Bible says, my life is well and whole, secure in the middle of danger, even while thousands are lined up against me. David said thousands are lined up against me. Thousands. He said right in the middle of the danger, right in the middle of the danger. He says, my life is well, my life is whole. My life is secure. My life is well. My life is whole. My life is secure. Well, whole, secure. Well, whole, secure. In the middle of danger, while thousands are lined up against me. What what I want you to see in this section, this section, is that many Christians make it through the trouble. They make it through the danger. They make it through the battle. But they come through on the other side and they are not well and they are not whole and they are not secure. Listen to Daniel chapter 3, verse 26 through 27. The B part of verse 26 through 27, the New Living Translation, Daniel 3. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Remember Nebuchadnezzar cast them into the fire because they wouldn't bow down to his idol. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers officials, governors, advisors crowded around them and they saw that the fire had had not touched them, not a hair on their heads was seen and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. There was not the smell. They were cast into a furnace that was heated seven times hotter And the Bible says that God delivered them. They came out of the fire and all these ungodly people saw that the fire did not touch them. Now watch this. And there was not even the smell of smoke on them. Now watch this. They came through the fire, but there was not the smell of smoke on them on the other side. Now follow me, follow me. Some Christians make it through the adversity, but you can smell the smoke of their challenge on their lives. In fact, some carry the ordeal throughout the rest of their lives. They go through the divorce, past the past abuse. They go through through the church hurt, through the job conflict, through the mistreatment, through the unfair treatment. They go through the disappointment, but they still have the smell of smoke on the inside of them. God brings them through, but they are not well. They are not whole. They are not secure. You can still smell the anger and the bitterness. You can smell the resentment, the unforgiveness. You can smell the hurt. 
the distrust. They don't trust anybody. God brought them through the divorce. God brought them through the church hurt. God brought them through this, but they still smell. They don't trust anybody. They have the smell of distrust. They have the smell of generalization. Everybody, all preachers of this, all churches this, they don't have nothing to do with men, nothing. They don't want to be married anymore. They hate men. They hate women. They got the smell of smoke. They withdraw from life. They, they have the smell of fear on them, brokenness. They come through, but they are wounded because they didn't embrace the peace of God in the trouble. So they come out, but they scarred and they wounded and they smell. And, and I'm talking to some of you right now. And God brought you through the situation. Maybe it was past abuse. God brought you through it the abuse, but now you can't have a, any kind of healthy relationship because of what happened in your past. God brought you through the divorce, but now you don't want to ever get married again to nobody ever like you've been married to everybody. God brought you through the church hurt, but you still wounded. You still messed up. You still don't trust anybody. You don't, you see, you came through, but you didn't come through well, whole, and secure. You still got the smell of smoke. When you look at Daniel, God brought him through the lion's den. In Daniel 6, verse 21 through 23, it says, when God delivered him, the king came down. Remember, it was the king that put him in the lion's den because he had been tricked by some jealous leaders, the leaders that were jealous of Daniel had tricked the king in coming up with this decree that no one can pray to anyone except to him. And Daniel went right back to his prayer uh, place, opened the window and prayed three times as he has previously done because he was walking in the peace of God. He wasn't intimidated about me. He wasn't a people pleaser. And he was cast, the king cast him into the den. And the Bible said the king didn't sleep in it that night. And he went down to the lion's den and he said, oh, Daniel, has the God you trust, was he able to deliver you? And listen what Daniel said in Daniel 6, 21 through 23. Daniel said, long live the king. Long live the king. My God has sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth because I trusted him. Long live the king. Notice what he said. You threw me into this place and God's now God's showing you you did wrong. No, no. He didn't have any bitterness with the king. He wasn't upset. He didn't have no rejection in him. He said, long live the king. You know, there's some Christians, they can't even go to church anymore because of what happened in some other church. They don't want to go to church anymore. And some of you, you're just like that right now. You're just like that. You don't want marriage anymore. You don't want church anymore. You don't want God anymore. You don't want this anymore because you came through, but you didn't have the peace of God. Because the peace of God protects your heart and protects your mind. Listen, God's peace protects us from breakdowns. You hear people about they have nervous breakdowns. They have nervous breakdowns. And usually it's because of the pressure. It's because they're trying to handle and juggle all these different things. And they're not operating in the peace. They're not casting it over on the Lord. They're not giving it to the Lord. So they handle it and they have a nervous breakdown. God's peace protects us from breakdowns, protects us from emotional and mental scars and wounds. And so many Christians, they scarred up and they wounded. They quote the scripture, they saying the right things in church, but they just don't have any help on the inside of them. It protects you from insecurity. 
Insecurity often is connected to people pleasing. You, you gotta please these people and you, you want them to like you and you want them to affirm you. You're a people pleaser, but you know, the peace of God keeps you God focused. It's not what people said, what God said about you, not what people think, what God thinks about you. And not what, what people feel this way about you and you all messed up because of the people. When you're walking in the peace, you're God focused. What has God said? How does God feel? What does God think about me? It protects you from insecurity, burnout. So many Christians, well, I'm just burned out. We burn out because we're trying to carry it. We're carrying the this and we're carrying our children and we're carrying uh, our work and we're carrying the bills and we're carrying this and we're carrying this. And, and we weren't made to carry all these things. So we burn out and then some of us will even uh, try suicide because we just want out. We just want to get out. We want to give out because we're ignoring the peace of God. I'm trying, not trying to be mean now. I, I don't want to be mean to you. But the reason why we want to check out, get out of this thing is because we're not operating in the peace of God. Now, I'm going to close and then I, I got comments, comments. I got several questions that I want to answer, but I want to close because all I wanted you to do today was see it. I want you to see that there's another place in God. You can you can have peace all the time, no matter what's happening. You don't have to wait till you get out of the marriage to have peace. You don't have to wait till you get another job to have peace. You can have peace right now. You don't have to wait till you get out of the trouble. Listen at this. There are threefold effects of God's peace. Number one, we believers, when we walk in it, are able to make sound, wise and Bible-based decisions under pressure in the heat of the battle, no matter how severe, intense, or prolonged the battle lasts. We can make sound decisions, Bible-based decisions, right in the heat of the battle because no matter how intense, how prolonged the battle is, because we have the peace of God. Secondly, God's peace keep the trouble outside of us. God's peace doesn't stop the trouble from coming. God's peace keeps the trouble outside of you. It keeps the trouble from getting on the inside of you. Now, listen what Jesus said in John 16, He said, listen, these things have I spoken to you. Now, listen what he says, John 16, 33, Jesus, these things have I spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In me you have peace. In me you have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But get, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I've deprived it, the Amplified Bible says, of its power to harm you. Now, these things have I spoken that in me you may have peace. In me, in Christ, you're in Christ, you're born again, you can have peace. Then he said, in the world you have tribulation. So what he's saying that you can have peace in the midst of the tribulation. He didn't say the tribulation will go all go away, bind and loose everything, and you're never going to have any more problems. No, confess it, and you're never going to have... No, he didn't promise that. He said, you're going to have tribulation because you're not in heaven. There's a devil trying to steal, kill, and destroy. There are people who are carnal, jealous, envious, so they're fleshly people. And then they're your own issues, your own weaknesses. Notice, he said... In the world, you're going to have this, but in me, you'll have peace, which means you can have peace inside of you with the trouble all around you. It's the peace inside of you that keeps the trouble outside. Many of you have allowed the trouble to get on the inside of you. The third thing, walking in God's peace is a vital part of our witness. Think about it. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. Salt creates a thirst. 
sometimes uh, when I want to drink some water, I'll, I'll eat some salted. I'll eat some potato chips or, uh, you know, I, I'll just get a few potato chips because I know the moment I eat those few potato chips, it's going to create a thirst. Salt creates thirst. We're supposed to create a thirst in the unsaved for God. You're the light of the world. Light gives direction. We're supposed to give direction to the world on how to live. But if we're frustrated, if we're depressed, if we're continuously discouraged, if we're fearful, we're anxiety, we're upset, we're suicidal, who's going to create the thirst? Who's going to give the direction? We're the salt. We're the light. That means we're supposed to be different. And it's not willpower. Okay, it's not grit your teeth. No, it's not there. It's not that. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something supernatural on the inside of you that causes you to live at a whole different level. And because people see you in the trouble with this peace, it creates a thirst. I want that God. Because I know what they're going through. And yet when I look at the calm, I look at the poise that they have, I I look at the confidence that they have, and I know what they're dealing with. I know what they're going through. It has to be God. That has to be God. Because no one would respond like that if it wasn't God. That creates the thirst. I want that. I want that. But if we're suicidal and we're depressed, why would anybody want that? They already got depression. They already got discouragement. They already got that. They, they're already pulling their hair out. They don't need to get Christ to pull their hair out. They need to see something different. And the peace of God is a part of our witness. It's not just knowing the Bible and quoting scripture. It's living it. It's living it. It's allowing it to live in you. And when people see the Bible in you, not your quote, not your knowledge of it, when they see you, it, you acting on it, it creates a desire for God. Bible said they'll see your good works and glorify my father, which is in heaven. Listen, we're not through with this. We got another part. We got part two and we're going to get down a little deeper. All I wanted you to see was something different. And I hope it challenged you. Very few Christians walking in what I shared today. Now, I got several comments. Let me read the comments and then I'll get the questions. Comment number one. Oh, how I needed this on this morning, Pastor Mike. Oh, I'm so glad that it helped you because we're in some difficult times. It is some tough times we're living in. Pandemic, viruses, economy, all these things, political upheaval, division. It's a lot going on other than just our personal lives. It is a lot going on. And so I know that God wanted to download something into your spirit that will help you to be able to navigate. So I'm glad that it helped you. Comment, God is calling me to a higher level and this teaching is enabling me to answer. Well, you know what? I'm glad you heard the call because listen, I heard it. I don't think I worry a lot, but I can't say it's an anxiety-free life. I'll be lying if I say it's an anxiety-free life. Uh, Most people say it's an anxiety-free life because they don't have any trouble. So I'm feeling good about it. It's really how you act in the trouble, in the challenge, in the situation. That that is the clue. That's the, the, the proof of whether or not you're walking in this or not is when there's tribulation, when there's trouble, when there's adversity. How are you responding? Are you blowing up on folk? You mad at folk? You upset? Don't talk to me now. I got this on my mind. I got all this on my mind. Don't be talking to me right now. I'm sorry I blowed up on you. I blowed up on you because I got pressure on me. No, 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 no. No, that's an excuse. 
for not walking in God's peace. That's all it is, an excuse for not walking in God's peace. I got three questions. Do you believe our faith, the lack of or the undevelopment causes us to not walk in God's peace? Yes, yes. I believe, and now when I talk about lack of faith, I'm talking about in this area. Do you believe our faith the lack of or the underdevelopment of causes us to not walk in God's peace. Yes. See, faith comes by hearing. I don't think we've meditated in the peace of God enough to develop our faith. Some, you may have heard something for the very first time. For me, I've heard this before, I've taught this before, but when I went last night and looked at my notes, I saw a deeper level. I saw it as a part of my witness. I saw that God doesn't want me to be trying to handle all this stuff, and he wants me to have peace that exudes, and it's not willpower, it's it's not me faking it, and then at home, I got to take all these pills to go to sleep. And I'm not against medicine, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something real, something supernatural. And it's a high level. And when the world sees you walking in this, they're going to say, I don't have that. No, I don't have that. So, yes, I answer that question. The second question a life in rest and peace versus denial, being emotionless. How do you check yourself? A life of peace is not just thinking that, oh, I don't let this stuff get to me. How do you realize you're missing out on the true peace? I think that's a good question. Number one, this peace that Jesus says, I leave it with you, is not denial. He says... These things have I spoken unto you that in me you have peace, in the world you have tribulation. So right away, Jesus is not teaching denial. He's saying in the world you're going to have trouble. Tribulation means trouble. It means pressure. It means challenges, adversity. He said you're going to have that, but he says in me you'll have peace. So right away, this peace is not denial. It's not being emotionless, okay? It is it's not saying, uh, it's not saying, I'm not gonna cry. Oh no, I'm just not gonna cry. No, I'm not not gonna cry. God gave us emotions. There's literally nothing wrong with crying. You can cry and have peace. Jesus did it. Bible says Jesus will. He was in that setting, in that scenario. He saw what was going on. He felt what they felt. He felt the loss of his friends. But at the same time, he was allowed, he allowed those emotions to flow. He wept, but he didn't lose his peace. He wasn't tripping about it. He wasn't worried about it. There was no anxiety about it. He just felt some emotions. So some people, they just trying to restrain their emotions. I'm just not going to, you know, I'm not going to show, I'm not going to show I'm human. I'm not, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you walking in something and it's almost as though it's unconscious. I'm talking about something that's supernatural. I'm talking about you having peace on the inside of it, but you're not trying to not cry. You're not trying. It's just flowing out of you. So it's a whole different level and people will recognize it because I've seen people trying to hold back crying and trying to not show their emotion. And it's not peace at all. They just don't want peace. They don't want to seem weak. You know, if I cried, they people going to think I'm weak and I can't let them know. And men, they fall into this trap. They, 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 they're emotionless. They don't show any emotions because they don't want feel or seem weak. That's natural. That's carnal. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, the last question, Pastor, do you think that there's a healing process that takes place in order to get to that place where you don't smell like smoke you went through? Yeah, 
what I pointed, the reason I pointed out uh, the fact that some people have gone through, but they wounded, they scarred, they went through the divorce or through the church hurt, or they went through the loss of the house or loss of the job or the betrayal by someone, and they're just wounded on the other side. You know, they made it through, they out, but they just wounded and they cannot function at a level of wholeness. So they do need healing. They do need it. That's why Jesus said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those that are bruised. So there's a healing component, but you got to know it. Some people, they're, they're in denial about the fact that they're wounded. You know, oh, I'm glad I'm out of that marriage. Yeah, but you messed up. You don't want to see anybody. You don't want to have anything to do with anybody. You're treating every man, every woman like they hurt you. That's, you wounded. So that's not peace. So yes, to that question, there is a healing process to it, but I don't think you have to wait till you totally whole to walk in peace. You, he said, my peace, I live to you. You can grab that peace right now and the peace will help you with the wholeness. The peace will help you with the healing process. I trust that you got some out of this today. Uh, it challenged me. We're not through with it. We got another lesson next week where we're talking about the anxiety-free life, uh, walking in this peace of God. And we're going we're gonna to show you some very powerful things in our next session. But listen, share this. Share this. Push share. Give the information to others, family, friends, loved ones, your friends on Facebook. Give it out. And I believe we can help people uh, through the situation they're facing. Love you.